Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Tosh Taylor. And I'm Jenna Morton. And I am so excited to talk about one of the tastiest times of year. It is March, which means it is maple syrup season. And so we have invited Heather Fraser of Explore Nature's Bounty to talk everything maple. You are like Miss Maple. Oh, I like it. <laughs> well, they used to call me the sugar queen. So oh, there, you go. there, we, there go. we go. The sugar queen. I sugar like queen that. Of Albert County, because that's where our sugar camp was. We love Albert County. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> there we go. Tasha's day is made. We got yeah. the Albert County yeah. plug in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for people who are watching or listening who aren't familiar with you and why right. you are the sugar queen, mm -hmm. please tell us about yourself, Heather. Okay. So my name is Heather Frazier. I recently retired from the city of Moncton last February. I can't believe it's been a year wow. already. That is Congratulations. so crazy. I know, <laughs> I know. I worked for the Engineering and Environmental Services Department for 30 years. So I managed the city's natural resources, forests, water, all of those sorts of things. And actually I found the sugary when I was in managing Moncton's forest and discovered that in the 50s, 60s, there was a sugar camp there. So when the city bought the property to build the dam, they didn't know they had a sugary. So that's where it all began. It began me building a road to manage the forest around the drinking water supply, and I found the old sugar camp. So that's where it all began. So fast forward 22 years later, operating the sugar camp, we had over 2,200 taps, 15 miles of pipeline, thousands of visitors every year, experiencing the true meaning of what it means to be in Canada, especially during maple season. So I'm super excited because, of course, retiring in February last year, missed the maple season. You kind of have that little part of your heart that's, mm -hmm. you really missed it. And then, so Trites Maple contacted me and said, what's going on with the city maple? Are you doing it this year? And it's like, no, not yet. Don't know what they're doing. So they said, well, would you come work for us and do tours on us for Sunday? So I said, I would love that. And then if I could do private tours, which is more in-depth tour of how the whole system of maple works, I would really mm. love that because I want people to know how much work goes into bringing sap from the tree to your table and to understand the, because it's 100% pure, all the work that goes into it. So that's really what I want to do. I want to teach the science, the history, and the hands-on experience so people can learn and taste all the products that come from our, our beautiful trees here in, in New Brunswick. So will you teach us? Absolutely. <laughs> <Okay>. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> So, so maybe, maybe what I'll do, because I did bring a few, a few props, I, I won't, I'll, I'll educate you as I go, because that's sort of my passion is, to, is to educate. So in New Brunswick, we have eight different species of maple, but only two that you can tap that has sugar in it to make maple syrup. Really? Do you know what species of maple you can make maple syrup from? Any uh, Sugar idea? maple? Sugar maple is one. You're doing better than me. I had <laughs> no idea there was even a difference. I, I do know there's different types of maple yes. trees. Sugar maple and, uh, is it the red maple? Red maple is correct. Ha -ha! Look, she is just that good. She is that good. <laughs> so I brought this, it's, okay. it's, it, but it, it shows you the difference. So sugar maple, if you can look at, see the U-shaped okay. notch in sugar maple? Oh. So that's how you won't forget sugar because it has a U in its name. Okay, so sugar maple. And the red maple in its notch, it has a V. Uh -huh. See how it's got a V? So red is V and U is sugar. This is a silver maple, so one of the other species, but you can see it's not the same. It doesn't have the five points right. like the uh -huh. red and the sugar maple do. So that's one of the most important things when we start looking at maple, make sure you tap the right species of tree. I bet you that happens so often where people just assume I have a, because I would do that. I have a maple tree, mm -hmm. perfect, give me maple syrup. Yes, <laughs> yeah. 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 and I've, I've literally had people call and say I've tapped trees 
and I'm getting sap, but I don't taste anything. Like I can't mm. taste that little bit of sweet mm -hmm. that is in the raw sap. And then I go and unfortunately it's silver maple or another species, Manitoba maple, that they've tapped that it, all hardwoods have sap, but only the two of those have the sweet, right? So you're looking for that sweet, okay. that sweet taste. Uh -huh. So this is just a piece of the bark that came off of a sugar maple. So it just kind of shows you the, the size of the hole that, uh, and this is a health spile that we use for this one. So this is a smaller tap. And the reason we've gone from a bigger hole to a smaller is because of technology and science. But it also says that the tree, instead of it taking two years for the tap hole to fill over and heal, it only takes one. Perfect. So it's a little easier on the tree. So we switched all of ours out to the, the health spile. But I love showing this because I always ask every visitor, even if they're from Canada, this is how important the maple industry is to Canada. The sugar maple is on our Canada flag. Mm -hmm. so, so that's true. how important the industry is. And just so you know too, if you think of the world and where maple syrup comes from, it's a very, very small geographical area where we actually have red and sugar maple. So New Brunswick, do you know what number of producer we would be in the world for maple syrup in New Brunswick? Are we number two? I'm going to go Quebec? with two. We're three. Okay, so You're it's like Quebec close. and Vermont are the other? Que que yes, Quebec is number one and Vermont is number two and New Brunswick is, is number three. Wow. And in New Brunswick, we could be from, you know, 10, 20 taps for a hobby, you know, in someone's yard, up to, there's a gentleman that's up north, Jean-Francois, and he has 180,000 taps. 180,000? 180,000 taps. So 17 people work literally year mm -hmm. round mm -hmm. in his oh sugary, and his maple syrup goes around, around the world. So it's crazy Incredible. to think, and if you think of the geographical area of a little bit of Ontario, of course, all of mm -hmm. Quebec, down into Bruns New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. Uh, there's a few red maple stands in mm -hmm. PEI, none in Newfoundland, and then back up to Ontario and then in through the States, just that small area mm. for all around the world is where maple syrup comes from. So I, um, many times, especially on and my full-time job, had kind of laughed about maple sugar heist the maple syrup oh, heist, yes. but now it kind of makes more sense. Yes. That, of course people it, would steal huge, it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Because huh. again, we're talking, you know, a multi, I don't know what the number would be for, for New Brunswick alone, mm. in what New Brunswick producers uh, generate in revenue for, for the season, but it's, it's huge. Right? I'm suddenly huge. having that like, wow, how is this not more expensive? Don't well, like, No, but well, like, it, it's jack the so rare. Anymore. No, but it's... <laughs> But that, that's the beauty of what so I want to do, right, mm -hmm. is, is really show people, you know, how many times we handle that sap from the tree, whether it's in, and I'll, I'll show you my pipe in a minute, from a pipe or a pail to actually get it to your table and how many times we filter it and how many times we mm. do all these things do it. So that when you have, which I never had in our camp and hopefully would not, is Aunt Jemima. I don't like to say it out loud, but it's not real, it's <laughs> right? It's, it's some kind of sugar. It's, so to have that yeah. and then, uh, you know, 100% pure maple syrup, there's there's no comparison. No, no And of course all. I always ask, is anybody, you know, have you, anybody had real maple syrup? And of course, it, you know, some people say yes, some people say no, and then they say the other. So of course, part of the tour is you need to have a warm shot of maple syrup because you'll never go back mm, to Aunt Jemima or any ever. of that non 100% pure maple yeah. syrup again once you try the real stuff. Absolutely. I, yep. That's actually a discussion when my husband and I first probably moved in together or whatever. And he said, why would you spend this much money on this when I have this? And I was like, would you like to taste the difference? Because mm. that's not maple syrup. 
No, that's just liquid that's a sugar. syrup. Yeah, it's not maple it's syrup. It's a yes. syrup. And yeah. and he did. He tried it. And he was like, yeah, never again. We've never ever bought it again in our house. So well, and I think for me personally, I love teaching kids. So that's really the next generation of buyers mm -hmm. in the local market. So for them to understand the difference and actually try the difference and have the experience, so that every spring they say, "Oh, mom, I want to go back to the sugar camp and have real maple syrup," even if they haven't had it again since then, they remember that taste and the flavor, and they know it comes from the tree. Mm -hmm. So that's you know that's where my joy comes from. When you talked a bit about doing private tours, these right. would be tours that would be open for families to book as Absolutely. well as... Absolutely, yeah. yes, and yes. Yeah, I know we, we had the opportunity to take our kids to a sugar camp that was operated by a friend of the family and the kids got to actually, you know, move the syrup and they were making the, the sugar yes. and they, they tried to do it and they have this new appreciation Absolutely. for what it takes to make this product and there are so few opportunities there is. for things like that there is to actually yeah, the put education your hands on. the educational piece because again think of it it's a small season right it's six seven weeks depending on how mother nature works for you so it's really all about production it's all about getting that that product out the door to the markets to wherever so really when we were doing the education programs at the city of moncton sugar camp it was only us doing education and really i felt that that's where the value is in people really understanding all the work that goes into it and, and the joy of what you can make from these trees that just produce it naturally because it's their job to do yeah. what they need to do. Absolutely. So now when you say it's the short season, does that mean from tap to production or do you have to tap in the fall before winter comes? No. So, okay. so that's a very, very good question. So basically right now everybody is tapping. Okay. okay, because the science behind, which is my background, the science, which is the fun part, if there's any science geeks out there, <laughs> is that the trees literally in the winter, they're dormant. Okay, mm -hmm. so they're, they're standing dormant. But as we get these warm days, like plus five, plus six, the tree's roots are starting to loosen in the ground. And as they loosen in the ground, the nutrients from the ground is starting coming up through their body. So they will start bringing that sap up their body. So if you are already tapped in now, which we had a, a week ago, we had like 10 degrees, mm -hmm. the sap would start to be running. Okay. So you want to be ready for that, that early little bit of sap. So as the trees warm, the sap will come up. So basically the trees become almost like little engines where as it's warm, the, the tree is chugging sap all the way up from the roots to the top of the tree. Because the tree knows every year, as all hardwoods know, the sap needs to come up, go into my branches, fill my buds, and I need my buds to burst into leaves. When my, when my leaves burst in, or when my buds burst into leaves, spring is here and we are on our way to summer. Right. So they know it, as it warms, that's what we need. So if it's too cold, like minus 12, everything's froze. So that's a day that you make your buttercream, mm. sugar, other things because it's too cold for the tree to chug. Okay. And if it's too warm, this is how mother nature's crazy. If it's too warm, like plus 10, plus 15, the trees will shut down because they know that the sap that could be in that bucket will ferment if it's warm. Now, who knew trees could be that smart? Honestly. They are very, very smart. Wow. Yes. Huh. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> she lost something. I have so many different questions. One question I want to come back to. You yes. held up this piece of bark that I'm going to yes. grab from you here yes. with the, the little hole. Yes. I've always wondered about that because I feel like if you don't hear the education and the science behind it, you're like, how are we not harming the trees? Right. We're shoving something into it. We're taking their sap from them. Right. How do we do this in a way that doesn't... Right. Harm the tree. So that's the other part. So the first part is knowing what species to tap, of course, to know that it's red and sugar maple. And then it's knowing what size tap, so if you're going to use a health spile, and then how deep do you mm -hmm. actually go into the tree. Okay, so there was a gentleman again that had tapped and he did tap sugar maple, but he tapped straight in. 
the tree's flown is, is going like this, up and down. So you actually have to tap in on a 45 degree angle to catch that sap going up and going down. Ah. So there's a science between how, what's, yeah. how, what angle you go in. And then, of course, you want to go inside. This is called an outer bark. See how that's kind mm -hmm. of thick? So you have to make sure you're going in at least this deep, but not the whole way to the spile. And if you know what a spile looks like, I should have brought one with me, a spile is about as long as my baby finger. Okay. So if I went in too deep, then the sap, instead of it going into the spile, is going into the base of that, and it'll run right down the side of the tree. Okay. And that's what happened with that gentleman. He, he put his spiles in right to the base of the spile, and all the sap was running down the tree instead of going in his bucket. Oh, what a waste. So we had to go out, and, and we, we took them out, and we put little uh, caps of cork, and we capped those off, and then I showed him how to drill so he could tap properly so that he could actually, because he had beautiful sure. trees, so he wanted to. So there's really a, a technique to knowing what time to tap, which was your question, mm -hmm. which is always in the spring when it starts to warm. You start to see those warm and cold nights, okay. and then the season will go as long as it, the trees continue to chug. If we get a, a section, which sometimes we do in April, three or four days of like 17 degrees or whatever, mm -hmm. the trees were literally shut down. Yes. Now some people, we're on a pipeline system, and I'll show you this in a sec. Uh, some people will pull their pails because they say, you know what, our stuff's going to ferment. It's it's getting close to the end of the season. We'll take we'll take our pails down. Uh, we have left ours in and been lucky enough that the season kicked back in because we got a snowstorm the next weekend, and the trees were like, whoop. I guess we're not ready yet for <laughs> for it to be spring. We got one or two yeah. more little uh, more little draws that that we can do. So really, it's totally totally really watching Mother Nature and mm. becoming almost like a weather. My kids used to tease me that I become a weather person during yeah. April season, because literally watching the weather like you would constantly. not believe. Mm. Yeah, constantly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more thing on the tap before sure. you get to, yes. to the hose. Yeah, sure. Um, can you tap the same spot every year, or do you need to move it? Very good question, very good question. And no, you don't tap the same spot. Okay. So for instance, if my tree was like this around me, and I'm tapping on this side, say this is the north side, and my tree is this big, because of course your diameter of your tree dictates how many taps you have. Ah. So a tree eight inches only has one tap, okay. okay? Even though there's thousands of phloem going up and down, the tree you only want to take a little as the tree is, is growing to maturity. If your tree is this big, you can have a tree tap here on the south side and one on the north, gotcha. okay? Next year, I'm gonna move around the tree. So I'm gonna go six inches from, or seven inches from my last tap hole, because what you wanna do is you wanna give each tap a real good chance to heal mm -hmm. and fill in from, remember, you're going in a little bit of a distance, so you want that filled in right from the inside out, and it'll heal on the outside first and work its way, work its way in. So yeah, you're going six inches. So if you've ever been, and this is one thing that I show, or will show the, the people when I do the private tours, I'll stop at trees and show them, look at the rings oh. of old taps so that you can see they were here, they were here, they were here, and now they're here. And you'll usually, in an older sugar bush, you'll see three different sets of rings. Why would I see three different sets of rings around a tree? Do you I think? feel like a student again. Yeah, I know, I just have I love it. You just like, you, you flipped right into yeah. that mode. I love yeah. it. Because uh, the tree's growing. The tree's growing, but also right? what about snow depth? Ah. I was going to say different years. You'd go on this level, that level, that level, but snow depth. Yes, yes of course. Because I yeah. literally <laughs> had one year, and I can't remember what year it was, but literally every weekend in March, it snowed a foot. And we literally, I had to call in all the troops uh, to help get that pipeline. 2015 okay, that's was what like it was, that. 2015? Yeah. To get the pipeline out of the massive. snow. It was massive. Like right. it was whoo. Right, because yeah. pipeline has to be above the snow. Right. So that the sun's rays loosen up the sap so that it runs down the pipeline into your, your tanks yeah. in the woods. Right, where a pail, I mean it can be sitting on the tree, part of it's frozen, the sun shines on the pail, and it, it, it melts it. Because the sap itself is only 2% sugar, so it's 98% water. 
So that's why oh, it wow. freezes yeah, it when it's freeze cold. Really quick. Right. Right. So snow that when you were saying snow, one year I literally had to tap like this. And I thought my back was going to kill me for 2,200 taps because I knew when that snow goes down, I'm going to need a pail to, to stand to, on to get yeah. the top out, mm -hmm. which was so crazy, which was so crazy. So yeah, that's kind of cool too. When you look at older sugaries, like the trites maples that I'll work at, you'll be able to see those different rings. And that has a story, you know, of why they tap like that and, and when they tapped. And so if we talk about the different types of tapping, you can use pails, which many groups still do if they have families that can can help dump it but all the bigger all the bigger operations are going on a pipeline system so there's advantages to each so the reason I brought this is because the animals that are in the forest I mean it, your pipeline system is in their habitat mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the 15 miles of pipe that we had running through the forest stays up year-round the taps come out right. at the end of the season and you clean you clean your lines with water only because of course you can't put any any chemicals in, but the animals, and again, your your pipeline is about breast height. Mm -hmm. So do you know what might have been and after my, of, yeah. my pipe? Now I have, Someone oh shoot, was in my bag, that. I have the other ones. I meant to uh, <laughs> See, show I you. Can grab it. Okay, if you can grab it, yeah, because these are two different animals that I wanted to show you the different, uh, the little black bag that's mm -hmm. on the, the thing what there. What was biting that? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's two, I guess I didn't it realize. It looks like it. little the first bites, thing, so well, I was raccoon. Say, that's the first yeah. thing that comes to my mind is raccoon. Okay, but okay. But then I feel like it's too high up for a raccoon. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So here's here's the one that goes under. Okay, so if you figure that this is the pipeline is like this, and mm -hmm. the, your lateral lines are going to your trees. Okay. Okay, so this is an animal that his teeth can bite through something like that, and the animal has to be as tall as where I'm holding it on so my it's body. A bear. So this is a bear. That is a bear. This okay. is a bear, and this is a deer. So you can see the difference in the deer can't chew the the yeah, pipeline because it. no Just because his teeth yeah, yeah because it's because huh. the deer's teeth too their top and bottom teeth they don't match like ours They're, he has an overbite so that's right. why you see that he's got a he's got a so all of these pipe if you think about it that pipe has to be checked on a daily basis to mm -hmm. make sure that overnight you haven't had a warm spell like what we had which might have brought some of the you know the black bear out to say hmm what can I find in the forest and the bear. The interesting thing about the bear is his nose is 10 times better than ours. So if he's going through the forest, and he knows, he knows from past history where, where the sugaries are. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, he hasn't had anything to eat or drink for four or five months. So he's not going to drink out of the brook like the deers do. He's going to say, huh, I want something that's got a little bit of sweet yeah. in it. I've had nothing yeah. to eat, <laughs> nothing to eat. So that's why we see a lot of, or at least in some parts of our sugary, we would see a lot of bear at certain times of year that they mm. would love the taste of the sap, just like we all do, I guess. Oh yeah, can't blame them. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Now what about um, your lines? I'm just thinking, and you might know exactly where I'm talking about being from Albert County. When I hiked the Dobson, there is someone that has their lines very high. Yes. Is there, does it matter? I mean, that's obviously to keep the animals away, I'm guessing now, but. Well, I think the one that I'm thinking of, he actually brings his sap from one side of the road to the other? Yes. Yes, so yes. His, his pipeline is up high. And that's more for trucks that are coming into the wind farm okay. so that they that he can make sure that he's got accessibility for all traffic going in. Okay. And plus it's at, if you think of his camps up on the hill, mm -hmm. so it's elevation on how that can run by gravity up to his camp to his sugar camp. Yeah. So yes, so okay. that was, that's what you've seen. So, so yeah, partly, doesn't matter. 
You could have them as high as you want. Oh, yeah, because okay. he's got elevation on both sides, yeah. right? So if, if you think of his camp being high here and high here, mm -hmm. that line of gravity, it, even though it looks high to you, is probably, if you were at his camp, would look just as straight it's, as... It's true, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. yeah that's why. And it would keep the bear away. Well, it yeah. would absolutely <laughs> keep the bear away on that piece. The little squirrels might try, but you, yeah. you can appreciate. I mean, squirrels, they might be able to chew your lateral lines, but they definitely... Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really the bear that, that, uh, that, you know, can really cause some... Some damage, huh. and what, and how we know, just in case you're wondering, how we know that there's leaks. Instead of walking that 15 miles of pipeline every day to right. make sure that it's not running on the ground, most producers have a vacuum pump system that pulls the sap through the lines into their into their evaporator house, and it's just a, sm a slow volume pull. Okay, it's not pulling anything from from the tree; it's just pulling the mm. sap. Because if you can appreciate, one side of your sugar bush could be on the south side. So the sap is running in the morning, right? It's it's warm. The north side, you got to wait till Mother Nature brings the sun around to mm -hmm. loosen her up. Mm -hmm. So the the vacuum pump pulling that actually gives you a little a little bonus to getting the sap to your sugar camp first. And when that happens, when you have a vacuum pump, there's a little um, sound that you'll hear when you're walking through the forest, and it'll sound psst. And literally, I could hear it from here to the door out front. So you know there's where I have a hole okay. because if you can imagine here. the sap moving and there's yeah. a leak. Right? It gives you that little sound, so you go to where the sounds are and fix what you've got to fix every morning, and away you go for the day. Every morning. Every morning. <laughs> every morning. And sometimes in the evening if yeah. you're collecting and your pressure is down. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Lots of, but these are things people don't know. Yeah. I know. How well, many hours you spend in the woods? In well, the woods is, you know, the more that you can have a tight system, you know, the better production, you know, you're going to have. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of work that people have no idea what happens behind the scenes. So that's why I want to incorporate oh, that in the tour. Even, I agree. Like even having been to some sugar camps and having some idea of like, you know, this, the, the pipes and everything, it never dawned on me like you have to be prepared for bear attacks. <laughs> like, <laughs> just never even thought of it. Of course they're that's out why there. That's I wear a whistle. Yeah. yeah. But I never like, there, yeah. there's so many elements to it. There is. Oh my there goodness. Is. So I um, I could keep going on this because I would like now I'm like I want to know the whole you gotta history come. You gotta come of maple. Absolutely. Do you talk about like when you're doing tours? We should get into that before we yes. run out of time. Yes. But when you're doing tours, do you talk the history Absolutely. of tapping and everything as yeah. well? Yeah, okay. the history is where we start because that's where it all began. So basically, the the tours actually start with the history of maple. So I always do an acknowledgement of the land that we're on before we start our tour, and always talk that it was definitely the indigenous community that discovered the maple sap. And basically it was because they were harvesting hardwood to keep their fires warm and somehow they nicked a tree. And when they nicked the tree, they noticed that it was dripping. And of course they had to touch it because they live off the land and yeah. we're like, wait a minute, <laughs> that sap's got a bit, even 2%, hmm. that sap's sweet. And so they thought, well, I'm gonna put or make a birch bark basket, put something under that, see if I can catch that sap and, and see what I can do with it. And that's actually where it was discovered. Wow. And I have in my pail, I didn't bring my pail, but I have an original indigenous spile that I got from an antique place and it's made of wood. So I show them that and I show them how the spiles have changed over time, mm -hmm. you know, and anyway, it's just, again, seeing where, where it came from and where it began to where we are today with the technology and the, the advances, it's, and, yeah. it's amazing. It's Absolutely. amazing. But, but thank goodness someone realized that, you know, those, those certain trees at mm -hmm. certain times of year have a sweet flavor. And now we're making many, many things from, so from many, maple sap. So many fabulous things. And, yeah, absolutely. So now we're out of time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> shoot, shoot. I know. We've got the cooking with it. That's I okay. Know. That's I know. Okay. It's a whole other show sometimes. That's right. That's all right. But so for people who want to book the tour or mm -hmm. just want to get out on their own to, yes. okay. to try so, it, so tell yes. us about it. Okay. So Saturdays starting 
um, this Saturday, okay? Um, the Saturdays will be open for breakfasts. So they're mm -hmm. gonna have their pan, they're bringing back their pancake breakfast after COVID, which we all, which we wow. all love. Mm -hmm. So those will be uh, on Saturdays, starting this Saturday the 4th, and every Saturday till Easter or, or whatever, however long the season lasts. And then the tours that I'm doing through them, they're gonna be on Sundays. So the tours that are free for the public on Sundays are at 10, 12, and 2 at Trite's Maple Sugar Camp. So it's the last one in with the green roof where the, the pancake breakfasts are. So you've got to be at the camp for 10, 12, and 2, and that's where the tours will be. Now those ones that are free, they're about an hour long, so we touch on many things that we talked about here. They will have a warm shot of maple syrup because that's the only true way to bring in spring. And then they'll, they, you know, if they want to buy candy on the snow, they can do that or whatever. But the private tours that I'm doing, I'm doing at 4 p.m. on Sundays, and those I'm meeting out at the church and we're walking in. So we're gonna have an interpretive walk as we go, look Beautiful. at the three sugaries, look at all the things and more that I've talked about, the science, history, and whatever. Then we come to the Pancake House, we'll do a little talk inside, talk about a lot of things, maple, try everything, right from the raw sap through buttercream, hot shot, whatever, go into the evaporator house, like it's the full behind the scenes so you can really appreciate how much work goes into it. Those are two hours and those are $25 per person. And at the end, you go home with a bottle of Trite's maple. Oh, that's a sweet. So deal. you're that's going home fantastic. with yeah, yeah, you're trying it, and you're going home with a bottle uh, of Trite. And if you want, I mean, the candy, you can you can buy that yeah. too, and whatever. But I really wanted people to try it because that signature is to try the syrup warm because it intensifies the flavor when it's warm, and then to go home with a bottle. And if they want more, then you know they're open until Easter or whatever. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming oh, in. Oh, thank you I've, for inviting me. This was fantastic. I am just, I have a million more questions for you, so. Well, you'll have to come on yeah, tour and we'll exactly, answer them all. Exactly, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, thank you for inviting me. We'll see you next week. Absolutely.